Good day, everyone. I am Matt Harrison, and you are listening to the Geary Cast on Sport Direct Radio, the Malaga fan podcast for all the Geary's out there. And to be honest with you, I'm starting to run out of ways to word these introductions, as they're virtually the same every week now. After a home game, we speak of Fortress La Rosaleda. After an away game, we lament how useless we are. Sadly, this week's episode is following the latter format, as our main focus will be on another in quite embarrassing performance in the snow as Malaga lost 3-0 at Burgos this past weekend. But we'll also be looking forward to returning to La Rosaleda, where we take on Amorebieta this coming weekend. As well, we'll have a brief preview of tomorrow night's Copa del Rey game as we are taking on Pena Sport on, Pena Sport on Thursday night, giving us a glorious chance to get that first away win. Hopefully, but we'll talk about that later. But first, I'll introduce my fellow Geary Casters. How are you, Chris Marquez? I'm doing very well. Excellent stuff. And Alex, how are things over there? Doing very good. Just got back from the US from a nice little weekend in Baltimore. And um, yeah, back in Canada now for another three weeks and then back to the US. I saw briefly this morning, my phone's been a bit broken, so I've not seen so much Twitter this week, but I think I did see... You tweeting about the epic atmosphere at the NFL game you went to? Yes, so I went to see Baltimore Ravens against the Cleveland Browns. And for any TV fans listening out there, obviously The Wire, one of the greatest TV shows ever written in the in the words of Barack Obama and many people's words, was filmed and set in Baltimore. So one of the characters, Omar, had a whistle. So they played that before the game. The whole stadium went dark and they played this song. And it was, you know, the atmosphere was, it was probably one of the best atmospheres I've experienced in a stadium. And how was the US, Alex? The US was wonderful. Um, You know, got to explore Baltimore, Um, going back in a couple of weeks and going to DC and New York. So, no, I, I loved it. It was a great weekend away. Excellent stuff. Um, yeah, it was not such a, a good week for Malaga, but we'll get on to that shortly. Um, to be honest with you guys, um, I've just said to you, I'm really tired. I've had quite a late parents evening tonight and I've had a particularly busy week in work. So in regards to news, I feel like I've missed a lot, but I tried to keep up with it. As Did you, you know, did you have to uh, tell parents, go sit down, I'm, I'm not happy? Well, I'm I'm really not happy about your kid. No, no, it's generally positive. Um, really? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm I'm an optimist. You know, we 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 set some targets for them, and yeah, they're good kids. I teach. I I would do that just to <coughs> to fool I, them a bit. I I, I, say, I, I tell no because you don't do that. I, I tell um I tell the kids sometimes I'm going to say bad things before parents' evening just to, <laughs> just to keep them on edge and but. Uh, you know, no, no such a. Uh, yeah, I can't. I can't really mess around with the parents. But um, let, let let's go to someone else um, who's in charge and meant to be looking after things and looking after progress. Um, there's Altani news this week. Um, I sort of read it again. I've not really had that much time to process it or the finer details of it. But it seems you two seem to have a better idea of it. So. Chris, what is going on in the crazy world of Sheikh Altani this week? Well, there are things happening. Um, I'm glad to tell, explain you. The first news there was, <laughs> I hate Altani Gate. It's getting more difficult and more difficult. 
<laughs> so I see what you're doing there, Matt. Really good. Uh, the first thing was that uh, the APA, the uh, little shareholders who aren't little, but own a little share, a little <laughs> part of Malaga's share. So they're not little people. <laughs> they're not elves. I know Christmas is coming. Um, but they uh, want the want the price to be lower on each share of Malaga because um, Altani owes Malaga 7 million euros. And if Altani doesn't pay back the money, eventually the shares would be sold uh, on a, what the APA thinks is a price which is too high. And then Altani would still have after selling after his shares to be sold, he would still own 35% of the Malaga shares. So that's a lot. And I think everybody thinks, and I think we everybody knows it. It's sure it's 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 true that the APA wants to price down on each share. So Altani would own less shares once they sell. And wouldn't so be the, the, yeah, wouldn't be the majority shareholder. Am I right there? Yeah, but there's still Blue Bay with uh, okay. who would earn who who have the right on on forty nine percent of the of the share. So I don't know anymore. So it would be three parties then. It would be thirty five percent Altani, forty nine percent or forty eight percent Blue Bay, and then uh, the sold shares to an unknown buyer could be Blue Bay because. If they really have 49% of the shares, I think they will get the first chance to buy the rest. And so the APA wants to. Okay. Alex, is there anything you feel Chris has met, left out there? It sounded quite comprehensive to me. No, I think, you know, Chris has pretty much got everything there. I think it's, you know, just more, I think the club did express a worry that, you know, Altani won't pay back the money that he owes. So there's, you know, it's talk about looking at, you know, other avenues to get that money back and, you know, talking about reducing his power and share in, in the club is definitely one of those ways. Excellent stuff. Um, let, let's go to someone who can certainly There's help. a bit more news, a bit oh, more news. Okay. That was the first part of the news. Oh, of the Altani news. Okay, go on. Yes. Oh, the, we haven't talked about the it late- much recently. So, you know, yes. it's nice to have the him back. Is- the latest news on Altani came in today is that the court of Malaga have uh, requested to Qatar or said to Qatar that it's about time that um, Altani is coming to explain his side on the story. Okay. I think that's fair enough. And I don't think it was a nice request as the request <laughs> no. is, uh, the first time they made it was a year ago. Okay, so maybe we'll get some uh, words from him. Obviously, uh, they did. How long ago did you guys sit in on the little interview with him? Um, well, the quite big interview with him. It went on for quite a long time. Um, I, I don't think any of this was addressed, was it? I can't remember. It went on for a long time through uh, Twitter, yes. Yeah. We were <laughs> still getting named every uh, week. Um, it went on, it was two months ago. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, that sounds about right. There's certainly um, a little bit into this season, but I, uh, I don't think he. Uh, I can't remember. I don't seem to remember him addressing the sort of the court appeal to him, though. 
that was uh, last year already. That was like a long time ago when COVID just, maybe a year and a half ago, okay. when COVID just uh, said hi. Hi, I'm COVID. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Um, let's uh, let's move on to, um, um, unless there's any more Altani news, Chris, or, or we finished with him. Uh, I was finished with him a year and a half ago, or two <laughs> years ago. But... The show must go on. Yeah, the show is going on still. Um, but someone is like COVID. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> someone that's still very much here though, and we're very welcome. Um, we're very happy he's still here. Is Manolo Gaspar? Yeah, I'm still here. Oh, Manolo Gaspar. Well, I yeah. thought you were talking about me. Well, you know, we're happy you're you're here too. But uh, I'd rather you doing this job. I, I I don't know how I'd feel about you as a sporting director or director of football. Um, that could be fun, actually. I think for maybe for a day, I'd be interested to see what madness you'd come up with. But um, Mad- uh, Malaga's had enough madness behind the scenes in the oh. last few years. I think I think we'd rather keep you on the podcast where your madness is a bit more welcome. Um, uh, Manolo Gaspar, though, um, before the game against Burgos, which, you know, sadly we're going to talk about in the next part, uh, he did a little tour. He went to Mirandes, watched the game. He went to Valladolid. Um, and then the next day went to Laganes um, on apparently a bit of a scouting mission. I, I don't know if there's any players in particular he was looking out for or if he just thought he would take in some Segunda games. Um, maybe, uh, gr- maybe ground hopping? Maybe ground hopping. He's, you know, he's, he's, I can imagine him in a, in a nice flat cap and sort of ticking those ground hopper cliches with, with a clipboard and a plastic bag with, uh, I was going to say, sandwiches. I guess here they'd have bocadillos. Um, yeah, I think he'd make a good, smart ground hopper. But uh, do, do we know is there any players in particular he was looking at, or is it just a bit of general checking out the no. competition? The only thing I know is that um, there was the guy from uh, Valencia, mm-hmm. Blanco. Yeah, that's the only player okay. I know. You, they, they were interested in. So. And so I suppose my next question would be um, if he is looking at players. Uh, obviously, it's the 1st of December we're recording this. We are mon- one month away from the transfer window opening. Where do you think we should be looking for players, Alex? It's a good question. It's a good question. I think, you know, I wouldn't mind a, a sort of... I think there, there's definitely areas of the squad that need improving. I think striker is probably one of those areas. We need an out-and-out goal scorer. That's without a question, I think. You know, I'm not saying that the players we've got at the moment, Brandon, Sekou, Pablo Chavarria is obviously suffering with injury problems, so we can't can't rely on him. So I think definitely an out-and-out goal scorer. I think potentially another centre midfielder. That, you know, whenever we've dropped Escassi or not had Escassi, we've we felt that. And the same with, you know, Genaro. I think he's a good player, but, you know, we need that backup. And... You know, I think obviously a few of the players are on loan. So, you know, looking for the future in the goalkeeper position, you know, I think the goalkeepers that we have in the youth squad at the moment won't be ready for next season. So we might have to look at that, whether we want to start Danny Badio, I'm not sure. So, no, there are definitely areas to look at. But I'd say the main one is striker. Uh, Chris, what about you? Would you agree with um, Alex's uh, diagnosis there? No. Horrible. Canada's changed him. No, joking. Um, I would say defense. Okay. We could definitely use a center uh, defender. Okay, that's interesting. So we've got Lomba and Pai Benz, Juan Day, 
Um, yeah, that's so, three. That's yep. Fair enough. Actually, I, I was I was waiting to name a fourth then, and I realised nope, there's not a fourth one coming. Um, I suppose. And um, uh, defensive midfielder mm. because I... you have Canado in. And uh, Luis Munoz. Luis Munoz is, uh, will be out for a while. And you see what happens when you miss uh, Juan Day. Uh, Juan Day when you miss Canado. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um... You have n- no good option for him. Yeah, to be honest, with you, I, I I pretty much agree with you know. I think you know, if we're being greedy, we need to cover everywhere, don't we? Um, I, the sort of player I still think we lack a little bit, and maybe it's something we don't need. Maybe it doesn't fit our style. Still think we're missing a player that can just play like that killer pass, that through ball. I suppose the one we're looking to do that at the moment is Hozabed, who is very hit and miss. I feel I think he has shown he can do that. But I, I sort of you guys have perhaps convinced me there more. I think about it that maybe we do need another defensive midfielder, um, someone that's a bit bit more grit about them. Someone like Telly would be a great one actually, and it's never going to happen if we could have got Kaide Bare back on loan or something like that. Yeah, he definitely. Because he can but, do um, both of those things. He can play that pass and be that sort of gritty centre midfielder. I I understand I understand the striker position, but to be fair, we have. Chavarria, who will come back soon. Um, Hicham is knocking on the door. Mm-hmm. We have Seku. Roberto. We have Brandon, Roberto. Yeah. Antonin. Yeah, fair point. So. Well, we just need one of them to uh, yeah. turn into a goal scoring striker or more of a goal scoring striker. Um, yeah, I just thought it was perhaps, I'm sure. When we come to uh, like sort of the winter break and the podcast before that, and maybe the first podcast back, we'll talk more about transfers. But I thought it was perhaps worth mentioning now with Gaspar doing this little little tour um, in sort of North Spain. Um, a team that definitely don't need to make signings, though, Chris, are Malaga Femininos. And I believe we have our usual roundup from our mate. Definitely our mate. Hi, Rocio. How are you? Good afternoon, mates. Last Sunday, Malaga Femenino won a league game again. Although this time it cost them a lot. Ayala practically left with the starting team, but he will face Cardiff, a team that he defended and had his opportunities. The match will be resolved in the 94th minute, when Silvia will perfectly finish off across from Maria Cortez. This goal will give Malaga all three points. Mm. The team will play its next game on Saturday at mm. 4 o'clock against the second in the league, Badajoz. That's all. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you, Rocio. Excellent stuff, as always. Um, yeah, they, they keep winning. They're still going. And like as uh, Rocio said, they are playing Badajoz uh, this coming weekend. Um, Malaga... Club de Football men, they will be playing Amorebieta, who we'll be talking about later. But before we talk about that, we're going to have to discuss this Burgos game, I think. So as much as it pains me to do so, let's go to the next part and discuss that.
So let's get it over with. Um, I think we all know by now how much I love Michu. So if Michu is happy, I'm usually very happy. But definitely not this time. I'm definitely not happy about Burgos's technical secretary being happy with Burgos 3, Malaga 0 in what I can only describe as a shit show in the snow. I think Malaga may have been, may have done a better job with 11 snowmen in this game, but... You know, we had our usual 11 strugglers on the road. So let's start with that latest 11 um, who have failed to win away from home again. Uh, I don't think there's two, uh, a couple of um, odd, not odd, but sort of interesting choices. Gennaro was back in. Uh, Seco was starting up front with Brandon. And Lomban was there playing alongside Pybens at the back with Juande. Not able to play. Uh Alex, before the game, did you think maybe this is the team that is going to break this away day hoodoo? I did. I think, you know, a couple of a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned about Roberto not starting up front. And I was happy that Seku started. You know, I think good to see Antonin on the left. Um, I think in general, it was a strong side. Maybe that move of putting Lomban at centre-back, a bit of more experienced heads where he needs to make more calculated decisions could work. You know, I think... You know, it seemed like a good selection from the start. Yeah, totally agree. It was, I think, everything it was in place there to uh, challenge against this Burgos team. Uh, you know, the conditions were not great, and I think you know we we've got a particularly young team, but we had quite a few experienced heads out there. I thought this might be the time we we get over the line, and yeah, obviously, I think I mentioned on last week's podcast, I gave Seco. Um, Biznaga or certainly I almost gave it to him I can't remember if I changed my mind and so I was happy to see him get another go at it Chris um, any sort of faults in our starting 11 for you before the game mm, I think it was an okay <coughs> first look Matt no COVID on the show please <laughs> no joking um, I thought it was a pretty uh, okay lineup yeah the only thing that struck me a little bit was Lombon playing because he's a little bit, little bit slow for his age, but one day was injured, so there wasn't another option. Yeah, and as you've just said in the last part, Chris, <clears throat> maybe we do need a centre-back because uh, he was pretty much our only option, wasn't he? And um, I, let's just get straight into the guys. This this was a bit of a bloodbath in the end, and... Um, I thought we started okay. I seem to remember us having one chance. It might be Antonin or might have got mixed up with later in the game. But then um, once Burgos got their first goal, it seemed game over to me. Um, and you guys can disagree. So let's start with our first goal. Um, just a fairly simple ball into the box and a header down into the bottom corner. Danny Martin sort of sort of went past him. I don't know if we can really blame him there, though. It's just he, this... The guy had so much uh, space to head the ball. Alex, what, what did you make of this goal? Where, where we pointed a finger here? Because there seemed to be quite a few people we could point it at. Yeah, I think the centre-backs, I think mainly. I think you you can never leave a full-back to mark the main striker. I think, you know, obviously they're just, you know, it's not the right thing to do. And I think it, it gets the impression, and I'll probably mention it a few times today, and I think 
it always feels like, and especially in away games, it always feels like whenever we make a mistake, it's always like, oh, someone else will deal with it. It's okay. There's never someone taking onus of it, never someone, you know, running into the box and being like, you know, right, you stand there, you stand there. It all just seems to be, oh, you know, everyone else will do their job. It'll be okay. And that's countless times this season where we've had strikers open, we've had, you know, players open and we've just let them score, frankly, quite easily. And, you know, the sort of stuff you shouldn't be doing at, you know, at this level. Uh, I think, you know, the, the players should have a long, hard look at themselves and think, you know, there's obviously something wrong. The marking, the positioning, the concentration, it's it's frankly shocking. Yeah, and I th- you know, the funny thing is with this game, I realised last night, actually, um, when I came to sort of say, you know, what we're going to talk about on this podcast, I realised um, I literally consumed no sort of uh, football coverage about this game this week because I was so annoyed to the extent where I had to go back and watch the goals to remind myself. And I was like, oh, my word, I forgot how bad this was because he's pretty much on the, the penalty spot by himself. Um, I saw, again, when I did a bit of reading last night, I saw a couple of people pointing the finger at Victor Gomez, which I think you might have been alluding to there, Alex, and you're right, it was right in the middle of the box. I don't know how we can put it on him. Um, Chris, what what would you like to add on this uh, uh, opening goal? Um, It didn't look very nice. It was too easy. Everything went too easy. The defense was poor against Burgos. You saw that at the first goal and definitely at the second goal. Um, Malaga seemed a bit... I don't know. They just seemed off, didn't they, I felt? Yes, clueless. Yeah, it looked a bit like... I don't know. There was a little bright spark at the start. And I, I don't know, maybe... Maybe I'm just being over-pessimistic here, which I'm not usually, but I felt as soon as that goal went in, I, I thought there, there was no real reaction that I can recall. And it felt just really flat. And I don't know, I, I, I even thinking, is is it the weather or something that we just like really not up for it? Because I don't know about you guys, I, was there any positives to take from the first, uh, well, you know, the 90 minutes really, but the first half, I thought... To, last week I was... Thursday and Friday, I was at Frequencia Malagista, the uh, uh, program at 12 o'clock, and they all talked for uh, on both days about it being so cold in Burgos and how that may affect a football player which is not used to the cold. To be honest, I don't believe that. Um, I live in Holland, it's pretty cold here. Alex, you have lived your whole life in England, you're now in Canada. Every time in the winter, when I go out of the door, I say uh, peep words. I'm just going to say it. I say fuck. <laughs> and then I'll go back in and I will say fuck this shit. I'm not going outside. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, it's cold. It's cold. It's always cold. Uh, I'm pretty much used to the cold. And I think it's freaking cold in the winter. So... But that's what was in the point you were trying to say that these players down here, you know, a lot, again, as we've said and celebrated lots of times in this podcast, quite a lot of them are Andalus. Lots of them have played in the leagues around here. Some of them are young. Yeah, but that doesn't matter. Every time I go out of the door, I, I, I have a yeah. freaking cold as well. well. And Alex as well. When you lived back in Wales, you would go out of the door and, and would say, 
But I suppose, and I'm not agreeing with this idea, by the way, I'm just playing devil advocate a bit. But at the same time, say when I worked in Slovakia and I'd go out the door in minus 10, 15 in the winter, I wasn't going out there to perform in a game of football. I would just be walking to work or to the shop or to the pub. Um, Playing football is even better because when I used to play football in the winter, after the first five minutes... We're freaking cold, but after ten minutes, I didn't notice the cold anymore. Yeah, I prefer because, playing because football. you're running and you're you're busy and you're focused. You forget it. The only one who can blame everything on the cold is uh, is our go- a goalkeeper. <laughs> Fair enough. I think if you're complaining about the cold, you shouldn't be playing professional football. Alex says pretty much the words are about to come out of my mouth in the next sentence. Is I, I'm just. I, I don't know, I'm just throwing out a, um, a, like a reason why they sort of seemed to lock up so much and didn't seem to be up for it. Um, like again, I, maybe it's easy for me to say I grew up playing football in Wales and I, I prefer playing in the cold and rain. When I play uh, six aside here in the 30 degrees in like September, it, it's brutal. But uh, Actually, no, I take that back. It is quite nice actually playing in the sun a bit more. But... but but I'm not a professional footballer, like you said. If if you look at the the 2010 World Cup, Holland made it to the to the finals. Mm-hmm. They lost against Spain, but the Dutch aren't used to play in the in the warmth. Well, no, so but actually, it was famously cold, wasn't it? Because actually, oh. Spain played their camp was like freezing. So you oh. know, the Spain team learned to adapt in the cold. So. Yeah, maybe man. So, yeah, I don't know. It was just a just an idea. I don't think it's something I, we can talk. I about. I don't think think the weather is a no. Uh, it it would be if it's minus ten, but it was like three degrees. <laughs> yes. Um. Um. I, I again, I don't know about you guys. Do, do we want to say uh, some good things about Danny Martin? I thought he was great again. Made some really good saves. Um. Was I just trying to find some positives there? No, you cannot save them all, and he did a pretty good match. So. Yeah, I thought he was our better one. But again, Alex, that first half, when we were just coming into half-time, did you think to yourself, right, um, th- you know, there was any positives to take and that we could build on something for the second half? I think, uh, you know, it's difficult because obviously you're 1-0 down. There's always that, that feeling of just a bit of dejection I think just like you know like you said earlier just felt like something was not quite right and you know just the little things like you know just there's no without trying to use a a basic word there's no there's no there's no pizzazz there's just lifeless really I think so you know it kind of felt like the same story I don't know if you guys may remember from you know playing away games at school you'd always go on the bus and you'd be like uh, I'm not really into this. I just want to go home. You know, it's an away game. I'm traveling an hour on the bus. I'm not too bothered. That's, you know, being a school kid playing in, you know, a sport that you maybe don't even want to play, like hockey, for example, with me. These are professional footballers getting paid, you know, how much a week they should find a reason. They should get themselves up for these games. I, I, I don't agree with you. Because I think for them, it's not just another away game. I think they really want to win away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they just can't seem to get it mentally right to win away because I think they're desperate to play away games and try to win them because I, I really think 
that if you lose, if you win against Tenerife and Los Palmas, that you are thinking at yourself, this this week against Burgos, we're going to get them. And I really, I really believe that's how they think, but they just, for some reason, can't can't manage it to to win. No, I agree, Chris. I think uh, and. Um, if one thing we've talked about lots in this podcast is the sort of team spirit they have now. So those trips to Burgos and whatever other parts of Spain we're going to travel to, we're going to Aibar soon. I can imagine those trips, like, you know, however they get there on coach or on the bus, I bet they're having a lovely time on that and a bit of a, a joke and, you know, a bit of banter, as they say. But um, maybe, it, maybe think, a bit of Pacharan. <laughs> yeah, no. I, well, that might explain a lot, a lot if they're having Pacharan <laughs> on the way there. Um, but yeah, I think I think you're right, Chris. I think is this psychological barrier has come down now, and um, yeah, I, I don't know what the answer is because then we go. Let, let's go to it. Speaking of sort of um, just <laughs> like mental breakdown on the pitch, the second goal, just the lack of communication, the lack of sort of just thinking. Um, so this is the goal where Victor Gomez controls it, sort of goes to turn out and sort of play it up the pitch and Pai Baines comes and stands in front of him and says, oh, I'll take it. And then um, Berlgos' attacker goes, no, I'll take it and just walks in on goal and scores. <laughs> you know, if we were Malaga fans, it'd almost be funny. Um, well, I'm sure it is funny for... Um, I, bet, I bet the Tenerife fans and the Las Palmas fans are laughing this week after um, controversial decisions against them um, in the home games recently. Alex, um, I'm, I, well, I'll say my thing. I'm Surely Pi Burns is the one to blame here. I know Victor could have been a bit more, um, put his foot on it, but Pi Burns, again, like he did against Las Palmas, sort of, he's the one that makes the mistake, surely? Yeah, I think, you know, you can put blame on both of them, the lack of communication... Not really sure what Payburns is doing going towards him. You know, just let Victor. Victor's very comfortable on the ball. Just let him play out. Victor, you know, perhaps should have been just like, <coughs> Oi, mate, clear off. This is mine. Um, you know, for want of a better way of saying it, I'm not sure what Payburns are doing. I think he, you know, he, he he wasn't in a good position to take the ball. He has no idea of half, almost more than half of the pitch. He couldn't see it at all. And he was taking the ball. And then, you know, he turns out without even looking and then he gets dispossessed and it's just you know, schoolboy stuff, really. It's the sort of thing that I can very much see myself doing on a year six playground. Like, you know, not, let alone, you know, playing in the second division in Spain, you know, you shouldn't be doing those sort of things. Yeah, it's very bad when twice already, Alex, you've compared them to your um, career as, yes. a, as a schoolboy <clears throat> footballer. Um, First, you would take it to Yeovil, uh, but now you've taken it to, to your childhood. <laughs> Yeovil yeah. are much better than this. Yeah. <laughs> We're going backwards. Uh, and then, yeah, Chris Chris is going to take in, say, about uh, his two-year-old Javi and how, how he's not even making these mistakes. Um, Chris, No, what... but these, these, these mistakes happen when things are not right uh, psychologically. So um, when, we were, when, when, we got, when we conceded the 1-0... From Burgos, I knew we were going to lose, so it doesn't really matter if they, for me, if they score a second one, mm-hmm. they they score a third one, and how they score it, uh, because we are going to lose the match anyway. We have just have to forget this one 
and uh, up to next one next week. I can't say I was in that. I was that defeatist that quickly. I think the second one might have written me off, but I did keep saying in the back of my head, remember what happened against Ibiza, remember against Ibiza, and then the snow kept coming down. I thought, oh, this is definitely not like Ibiza. But uh, yeah, you're right, Chris, this does need to be just... Well, it sounds like they've done... I, I was reading Jose Alberto say they've had quite a lot of self-criticism in training this week, which is good to hear. It would be very, very bad if they had just written it off and tried to move on. But um, yeah, there needs to be a balance there, doesn't it? Um Third goal, um, just it was just getting pathetically easy then. I thought uh, um, Danny Martin makes a pretty good save again, and um, they just get to roll it in. Um, any... But if 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 you're losing two 0 and you don't have anything to say in the whole match, I don't know. What do you mean I anything to say? Well, my head would go down, and I would think to myself, well. 2-0, 3-0. I don't care. You well, know, you still have to play the 90 minutes. I, I had to watch the 90 minutes because of the podcast. But if it wasn't for this podcast, I would turn, I would have turned off my no, TV after 60 minutes. No, I never would have done that. Oh, I would. No, I got, I've got to see it through. It's part of the, the, uh, the sort of journey of fandom, isn't it? Going through these bad losses and they'll be worse ones further in the future there might be worse ones just down the road but uh gotta stick with it it's uh i've never like the amount of times i've seen swansea be hammered when i've traveled halfway across the country and i've, I've always of stayed. course but when i'm in the stadium it's different because then you're there to support your team mm, yeah but i suppose i'm not really supporting my team when i'm watching the tv right they wouldn't notice if if I'm there or not. Okay, I I think I sometimes like to pretend I'm somehow contributing, but maybe that's just me being silly again. Um, a- any comment on that third goal, Alex? Mon Dieu, Payburn, qu'est-ce que tu fais? That was what I'd say to him. Um, he when when the ball gets. Brilliant save by Danny Martin. Can, can you translate that? Because I know what it means, but maybe so, some so, people would think, so, "Oh, Alex is saying uh, pair bench. Go to so, the bar and get me another beer." <laughs> for, for those of you that don't speak French, I said, "What are you doing in French?" Uh, to pay burn, basically. So brilliant save by Danny Martin. But the ball's rolling out into the six-yard box, and he's just sauntering towards it, like you know, it's all right. I can get it, you know, tomorrow. I can pick it up when I go and pick up the weekly shopping. It's just like, what, what on earth is he doing? And you know, someone should be either going to it and you know taking onus, like I said earlier, not being like, oh, someone else will get it. It'll be all right. Someone should be sprinting towards that ball, making a tackle, not you know, oh, just yeah, you know, oh, someone else will get it. It'll be all right. Don't worry. And that's that's what caused the third goal. So yeah, killed. Yeah, um, so they they were all pretty sort of, yeah, they, they didn't have to do too much for those goals, I don't think. But I thought Bergos were good as well. They, I know they didn't come against a very strong Malaga, but they did, they played well enough, I thought. They, but Burgos had a pretty strong home record. Yeah, they did. We talked about it last week, didn't they? I think they'd only yeah. conceded, uh, I think we've only conceded two away goals. Um, well, they they did four. Yeah, um, three, uh, I think. Yeah. As, uh, like, sorry. Three. In their stadium, they've only conceded yeah. three away goals. I mean, and they won three 0 against Ponferradina. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, these are a good team. They are, you know, and uh, I think I remember saying that they looked like quite a good atmosphere there. Like they, they seem to have sort of a nice little project going there. Um, 
I, I think they'll stay up. Come. I took some good things from this match. Okay, well, um, I was going to ask about the subs and did they make any difference? Are you going to talk about any of the subs, Chris, or are you going to talk about something else? No. Okay, you uh, talk about what you, uh, what you want. Give me some positives, Chris. Positive. When I turned on my TV, I heard Malaga songs coming from the stands. Frente Boquerón was there to support <laughs> Malaga. All the way from Malaga, traveled all the way to the cold. Winter is coming. Yo-ho, yo-ho. Um, so they were there. I heard Malaga songs. I really loved it. It's great that they traveled to there. So my deepest respect to Frente Boquerón to travel after Malaga and to uh, support them. Yeah. Another thing. And just quickly on that is- point, Chris, just quickly on that, we should add that our last away game was also that particularly bad loss to Cartagena. So, you know, they could be forgiven for going, oh, we're not doing that again, but they they have gone on and seen something that was probably even worse. Sure. Um, Another positive thing I saw. Um, Well, it's not a positive thing I saw, but what is positive is that this is another, um, another awful loss. And I think the cup is should be empty now. You right. first have to empty the whole cup <laughs> so, before you can go upwards. Yeah. Okay. I think you know. I thought that would cut a henna, to be honest with you. So, uh, um, and then there seemed to be more of that uh, losing fluid in the cup. So, but there's more news, or not more news. Um, another thing, it's not positive, but I really liked it, um, <laughs> was, where is it? Uh, what Brendan posted on his Instagram after the match, and he was the, he was a player who, who stood up after the awful um, loss against Burgos. Mm-hmm. He said on his Instagram, the most powerful people are those who keep standing up when they fall. Classic. And that's it, my friend. Yeah. yeah totally it, right. I saw, um, I, I think some of them did after, but I saw a few people on Twitter and I can't remember one of the Malaga websites, um, news websites saying, have you noticed that none of the players have posted anything on like Instagram or Twitter or anything like that, apologising? And to be honest with you, I, I, don't, I, I don't really care if they do, to be honest with you. It's, I, it's nice, those little quotes and stuff sometimes. But, yes. but I, I don't need the players to comment every time they lose, say, oh, you know, we've let you down. We, you, you know, we know you've let us down. It's, it's like when Bruno Fernandes posted that really long speech about when he'd missed a penalty for Man United. I was like... You grow up, and fans need to grow up a bit as well, don't they? It's really, so, really annoying. I have me. more. There's more. Richard Colson tweeted us a picture from the stands at Burgos. Ah. Um, here from England, famous Malaga. Hmm. Good effort. So I'm guessing he was there. Uh, yeah, I'm guessing all, so. From all the way from England. So, Richard, great job. Great job, Richard. Great job. Um, just... And thank you for your pictures. And keep sending your pictures. And keep sending whatever pictures. Doesn't matter, even if they are nudes. But if they are nudes, send them in our private. <laughs> in a, in D- a don't do that. <laughs> don't tell people to just do DM that. Just DM them. No, no, don't. Yeah, don't. I don't want that either. This, we're not that sort of podcast. 
No, but you can. Feel free. <coughs> you can send us anything. Right, I don't you. mind. Anyway, I do not condone the uh, views of Chris Marquez there. Um, uh, two other things. So Chris has just tried to give us some positives. I'm not sure how many positives you gave us in the end, Chris, apart from there were some fans in the stand, which is obviously great, very positive. Oh, uh, and what I've noticed, what I've noticed, and this is not great news, but Spanish Segunda, if you're listening, I saw some um, players of, uh, Burgos trying to get Malaga. Uh, right. Trying to get Malaga. Yellow we could cards. do this every week, though, Chris. Can we? Will it's always going to happen in these games? I think we can. Yes. So that's my point. Okay. Um, Alex, uh, uh, did you see any positives on the pitch? Like I, I was. Tr- I, to be honest with you, I think you probably know where I'm going with this. From any of the subs. I think. Well, Kevin subs- wasn't great. Kevin wasn't great. He was the best when he came on. He made a no. difference. I think, you know, I'd, Great, I'd be inclined to agree with you there, Matt. I think the subs were the only positive, and the fans. I think the subs were, you know, they, they, it's very hard when you're coming onto a pitch and the team's already quite dejected. You're really trying was, to use that what, energy. What positive but, did you get out of Cairo? <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying everyone no. was brilliant, but I, I'm saying, you know, I think... I thought, I, thought Kevin, I thought Kevin did well. I thought, you know, apart from the miss... Where he should have scored, I thought Roberto was okay. I think you know, in general, the subs were positive, but you know, you, you know, they they obviously didn't do enough. And you know, I can't expect the subs to change a game when you when you're playing that badly and the team's that dejected. Did you did, did you guys think that uh, Burgos should have a red card for the thing on the? I don't remember whose face it was, Paulinho. Ah. Uh, I, I remember thinking... It looked like an elbow. Uh, I think I think it was a bit soft again. I thought it could have been a yellow. I can't remember, did he get a yellow or not? Yeah, he got a yellow, but I think... Yeah, I think it'd be that's, harsh. That's not really a yellow, right? Uh, I think That's again be... with the interpretation, if it's this, yeah, it's I... or, or it's nothing, or it's red. Yeah, I think it wasn't quite a, a slamming elbow into him, though, personally, but that was just I my know. view. Um, um, we right. would have lost either way. So yeah, um, just a, just a final quick question, and maybe we can talk about this a bit more in the next part as well. I don't know; it might spill over. Um, is Jose Alberto's job in any sort of jeopardy? No, no, I don't think so either. It's just I've I've seen I've seen after the games usually when people are very yeah. angry. Quite a few fans say this is ridiculous. He needs to go. Um, and then I'm, I'd like to think they calm down and think, no, that was a bit silly. Um, I, I have no suggestion. I, I've, you know, I've no hint from the club that there's any chance of him going anytime soon. So, uh, you know, I'd be very surprised if he doesn't see the season. It would be worst. stupid, wouldn't it? I think it'd be stupid because obviously he's done a lot, a lot of good things. And I think he's a good coach. And if but I think get... he's fulfilling his job. Yeah, me too. I think because he's in seventh position with one point behind uh, playoffs. Yeah, exactly. And if you told me at the start of the season, um, around you get to December, you'd be seventh in the league. I'd be like, brilliant. And if someone said, yeah. "But you're not going to win an away game," I'd be like, "Well, I don't care. If we're seventh, I'm happy." It's mm. uh, um, and it's again, if we can fix this, then who knows? Um, and they're a young team as well. We still got like the third. I think it's the third youngest team in the league. So. They're still and, uh, learning too. 
I, I do think there are a few mis- well, he should have had more away points. Of course, me too. Um, I also think his uh, substitution ideas are not really the same that I've got sometimes. Um, but yeah, he's he's doing his job. Yeah. He's going right, one point behind playoffs. I'm still Jose Alberto. In Jose Alberto, we trust anyway. Yeah. Um, no, I just thought, I was just wondering if anyone had... <laughs> I was fishing to see if any of you had a particularly controversial view. Um, Alex, I'm guessing you're still on board. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, what's sitting one side, like Chris said, sitting one point outside the playoffs in seventh, if you just said that to me in August, I would have bitten your hand off. I think, you know, he's, he's done a fantastic job with the the money or lack of money that he's had and the squad that he's working with. I think he's done a fantastic job. And I think, You'd be hard pushed to find a manager that obviously, you know, if you get Mourinho or Pep Guardiola and they would do a better job. But well, would they? I don't know. Big question. But with the money that we've got, you'd be hard pushed to find a manager that would do a better job, I think. I I have I have something fun for you guys. Okay. Segunda is forty two matches. Twenty one home games. We drew two matches at home already, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so if you win 19 home games, there's 19 times three. How many points is that? Oh, Chris, I told you already, I'm pretty tired today. You can't ask I'm me asking Alex. Alex, <laughs> you're a student here. 57. 57. I did. 57. Okay. Uh, plus two points from the draws already at home. It's 59. Uh, no, and I think we drew some away as well you would be over 60 points there you go that will be playoffs mm. would it yeah yeah i suppose you'd yeah, be i think if we i mean if we get playoffs without winning a game away from home no. i think it one of well, the actually, miracles Swansea, the year they got promoted to the Premier League, obviously because I went through quite a lot of this campaign, went to a lot of away games. I think they only won two away games all season, maybe maybe three, um, and that's in a twenty what's that twenty three away games and finished third in the league. So, <laughs> so what's one do you want it to be? Yeah, so I, 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 you know, if that happens again, it was one of the best seasons I've experienced in my life. So if not the best, so. I'll take that again. We just need to win three away games, or maybe, uh, maybe one more with the because uh, there's less games in the Segunda. Um, right, let's get away from maths and talking about promotion again. Let let let's go back to being negative. Um, who's your jumbo, Alex? I think I go with Payburn. I think that might be one of the worst performances I've seen from a defender. Not just Malaga defender, but from a defender. And I've seen plenty of Yeovil games. So, yeah. I oh, think... that's horrible to say about Yeovil. They're doing so great now this season. They are actually at one point outside the playoffs. So, yeah, I'm quite on two points. But, yeah, I think just a horrible performance from start to finish. He can play well. We know he can play well. We know what he's capable of. We've seen good things from him, but he just seems to disappear in some games. And, you know, Burgos was one of those. And he certainly, well, he was, I think we would have been better off, like you said earlier, with a snowman in his position <laughs> instead of Pedro. 
Yes, um, yeah, just, you know, unsurprisingly, Pie Burns is mine as well for the same reasons you've just said. I was trying to think of a worse comparison than the Oldville, but I'll say um, you, you could have gone with your school team, Alex, since we were talking about your school team, obviously. Uh, yes, it was bad, um, and we'll leave it at that, um, unless Chris wants to throw some more punches at him. Um, are you going to pick Pie Burns as well, or are you going to share it out? No, I'm not going to pick Pie Burns. Okay. I'm going to pick Heido okay. because I prefer a mistake of Perben every week. One of those mistakes that he made at the second goal, then watch another minute of Heido on yeah. Pedio. Is Heido the new Ben Kamasa? <laughs> Partly, yeah. For me, it is. The guy uh, I watched in the, the bar in Marbella and the guy um, sitting next to me who I got chatting to, he uh, just put his head in his hands when he saw everyone coming on, which made me laugh. Quite and, a lot. And, and Ismael Gutierrez is also uh, nothing. Yeah, I don't really know enough about him yet, if I'm being honest. I, I'm giving him a chance still. Um, uh, let's try and finish on a positive. Good luck with this one, Alex. Who are you giving your biznaga to? Oh, I'm going to go with Danny Marti. Ah, yes. I think uh, he made some, some brilliant saves. And like Chris said earlier, you can't be expected to save all of them. The defence has to do something to help you out. Yeah. And you know, I think that he did the, the best he could given the situation. And I don't think you could put him at fault for any of the goals, really. Yeah, I'm going to go Danny Martin as well. Some really good saves again. Would have been worse without him, definitely. Chris? Okay, Danny Martin. Okay, there's clean sweep for Danny Martin this week. And uh, yeah, let, let's get away from this game. Let, let's try to look forward. We do have one more away game to talk about in the next part. But as it's going to be played so closely after we've recorded this that we'll just talk about it briefly but it is an away game so we will talk about that at the start of the next part Before we talk about going back to La Rosaleda on Sunday, where Malaga take on Amore Bieta, we do have our first Copa del Rey game on Thursday night, as we record this on Wednesday night. Um, so I'm going to go over to you guys. Um, I, I want tactical information. I want, you know, recurring subs, top goal scorers. Are they pressing? I want you guys to tell me everything you know about Peña Sport. Yeah, there you go, Alex. <laughs> Actually, just um, seriously, because I do not, I, I, I don't want to belittle um, a football club. I meant it as a joke. Obviously, we don't think we know much about them. But what, what do, do you know anything about them um, in regards of history or anything? I'm yeah, Alex. I, the only thing I do know is it's El Peña Sports and not La Peña Sports. That's Ooh, it. That's a little nice little tidbit there. Uh, Chris, um, are you going to tell us about the gig and pressing or the tiki-taka style? Or? The tiki-taka style. Um, well, Peña Sport is a team from the uh, based in Tafala, mm -hmm. Tafalla, Tafalla. Um, in the autonomous community of Navarra. Founded in 1925, it plays in the Segunda División RFF. And its stadium, de San Francisco... Campo de San Francisco has a capacity of 4,000 seats. Um, 
Peña Sport is a team who didn't expect the um, the Copa del Rey as they uh, last season they were promoted to Tercera División mm-hmm. and um, they really didn't see it coming and they take it as a as a as a, as a win already to participate in this um, in this in the Copa del Rey as it is their first uh, uh, te- uh, the the first time of the club so it's a it's a victory already that they have uh, got here still um, the coach of uh, Peña Sport uh, wants to go for a, wants to go for a win because he says he said to his players it's probably unlikely that we will win. Um, but we're going to try and win it anyways because wow. <laughs> you always have to try. If um, if you look at some Malaga fans on Twitter after the Burgos game, they were all already congratulating Peña Sports, saying "Well done on getting through to the next round" because we're we're the away team and uh, you know we we don't turn up away, so um, they've definitely got a bit of a chance there. Um, and of well, course. Chris, you didn't the, mention the, the weather. The weather is the same weather uh, as in Burgos, although it doesn't snow. Uh, it will be tomorrow three degrees in in uh, Tafala, Tafalla, uh, Tafala, or how do you call it? I don't know because I guess in Spanish it'd be Tafaya, wouldn't it? But it, it's, yeah, is tafaya. it different because it's in the northern part? Forgive us, residents of that part of the world, if you're listening. Um, but it's in Navarra. And yeah, we know, we know what degrees, comes. No snow, but it will rain. But we know what snow. comes from Navarra. I don't. That's for Pacharan. That's Pacharan country. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so hopefully know. this is a sign. Malaga are going to finally win an away I, game. I was coming there, oh. but you. I had loads of of cool things to tell about. Ah, oh, sorry. It's I, where Pacharan comes from. Yeah. I was... Thank you, Matt. Thank you. Because I also wanted to say that uh, a cool thing about this team is that the play, that the that the salary of the of the players, the player who earns the most, you know what he earns at the uh, at Peñas. Go on. Yeah, you didn't. I did my homework this week. Yeah. He earns two hundred and fifty euros at the club. Okay. And that's the one who earns the most. That is a lot. So well, not all a lot. the players, all the players have a day job. Okay. And so and so does the coach. And do you know what the coach does for work? I don't. Does he work in IKEA? No, he doesn't. And I know what he does. You're not going to tell me he's a Pacharan brewer or something, are you? No, but it has to do with alcohol. He's a representative of uh, of beer, of beer from Nevada. Uh, for the whole region of Nevada. That's pretty cool. I and like best country, I believe. So he first has a meeting tomorrow in uh, Bilbao because he has to work during the day. Mm-hmm. Manager of um, of Peña Sport. And uh, afterwards, he has a match to attend to. That's impressive. That's cool. Um, we should add, Chris, because you said um, they're in the, how do you say, RAFAFA. Um, that's the they're in the fourth tier, so there is only two. T- there's two tiers below Malaga, basically in the Spanish football pyramid. But I think for I, I imagine quite a lot of people listening to this podcast know 
about lower league Spanish football. When, once you drop out of the Segunda, you it goes very sort of semi-pro and amateurish. So um, there is a big jump for obviously 250 euros. What was that, Chris? 250 euros a week or? Uh, a month. A month. Okay. Yes. Um, yeah, actually, actually, Chris, you, you ticked all the things I found out about it and you added a lot more, actually. I just, th- this is team have gen, um, generally played in the third and fourth tier. That's, that's all. They've never been in the Segunda. Um, but uh, um, Jose Alberto sort of talked earlier saying, um, you know, we're going to try and go as far in this cup as possible. But he did sort of go, but, you know, we're focusing on the league. Uh, do you think we're going to see a completely different eleven tomorrow? Mm, I think we will. Okay. And I think it would be dumb as well. Normally, I would say throw away the cup. But in this case, you can get advantage in the cup for the league. And why is that? Because Malaga didn't win a away game so far this season. So, tomorrow, you could get your first away victory, which would help you in the league. Definitely. Um, um, but if you're putting uh, in your lineup players who usually don't play, that I would understand normally because you are not going to win the cup anyway. There's not much to fight for in the Spanish cup. Okay. Um, just like so. No- normally, I would say throw away the cup. That's what everybody says. Like try to get as far as you want, come, uh, as you can come. But with uh, players who don't play every week, uh, but don't go for the cup because it's unlikely that you will win it. Yeah, I agree. Because so it's think, like I think throwing that... it away, but don't throw it away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if Malaga do lose this, then bloody hell, our confidence is going to be shot to pieces away. Still, um, Alex, is there any? Um, like Chris said, I think maybe I personally think we need to have a couple of the usuals out there just just to get us or get this away day hoodoo um you know get rid of it i don't know if he'll get rid of it properly because obviously this is a cup game but uh is there any sort of players on the sidelines you'd like to see given a run out in this game yeah i think this game could be quite beneficial actually i think i know we've got the although it's not that long the winter break coming up so you know there will be a chance for players to get rested but you know, I think the importance of going into that winter break ending on a positive note is, is is key. So if we can maybe rest a few of the key players this week, you know, any any injuries or any niggles that they have this week, they can completely get rid of. And then next week they'll be good to go. Sorry, Sunday they'll be fresh. And, you know, it, it's never good playing two times in a week because, you know, it's, it's, you know, you go back to that football league sort of Tuesday, Saturday. But I think... Chris, for, for for the listeners, Chris is showing me a picture of Isa Fombo on the screen. So, <laughs> yes, I think players players like Isa Fombo, I think <laughs> players from Atletico Malagueño that, you know, maybe have shown signs of promise that maybe wouldn't otherwise get a run out, should get a run out. And I think, you know, personally, I think it could be a good opportunity to get some of those players, you know, some minutes. But then also, I think... You know, keep some of the regular names out there. You know, just 
try try a new thing out. It's, it's an experiment. I think it's a good good opportunity to give some players some minutes. Yeah, da- Danny Strandholm, um, Strindholm, a friend of the podcast, sort of bigged up Danny Lorenzo, who I noticed has been on the bench a couple of times. I think he was on the bench um, in the Burgos game, maybe, or maybe the game before. Maybe it'd be good for him to get a run out and tick that senior box already. Uh, Andres Caro, also yeah. a great talent. Uh, and the other one, we, you mentioned him earlier, Chris, and I've heard his name mentioned with this game already. It'd be a lovely opportunity for Hicham to get some minutes under his belt if he's if he's fit enough, even if he's coming off the bench just for half an hour, just to keep him, well, not to keep him going, to get him started, really. So, um, yes, I think we'll see, because obviously by the time most people are listening to this, um, this is quite redundant, actually. We could be out of the cup or we could be gloriously through to the next round and have won away from home. So let's go back to our home and let's talk about our game at La Rosaleda against Amore Bieta, who, you know, again, are a team not many people knew about until last year. I don't know about you guys. Have you ever heard of them until they got in those playoff places last year? Heard from them, yes. Mm-hmm. Saw them play never. No, I can't say I'd ever heard of them either. They've got, um, to be honest with you, they, you know, they they seem to be like historically playing even below the levels of like Peña Sport because they spent most of their time in the fourth and fifth tiers and seem to have just climbed up. I think they've shocked themselves a little bit to be honest with you. But if you if if you would say to me, looking at their badge, that it is a Polish football team. I would believe it more than that you would say it's a Spanish football team because their badge is like everything except Spanish. Okay. I can't. Or Russian. It also looks a bit Russian. I can't picture their badge, so I'll have to go look at that in a in a second. But um There you go. Oh yeah, I see what you mean. Very very triangular and jaunty and yeah, that could stand for Spartak Dynamo. Amorebieta rather than sports. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so, what, in, you know, away from like, you know, they, they are in the same league as us now and, uh, you know, they deserve to be there. Um, you know, they've, they've had a few brilliant results this season, but they are 21st in the league. Uh, Alex, do, do you know much about Amorebieta this season or have you, have you been following the story? Well, I've actually been to their adopted home ground this season. So, Segunda or La Liga deemed their original home ground not fit to, uh, to use to use in Segunda, so they're playing at Athletic Bilbao's training ground, Lezama, which I've been to and had the pleasure of meeting uh, Kepa Ariza Balaga, Ika Munyain, Iñaki Williams, and uh, said hello to Ernesto Valverde. Oh, cool. So I am well aware of the the grounds that they use. As a team, like you said, I know they've had a few good results uh, against some of the top teams. They're actually currently playing at the moment in the Copa del Rey against Europa. It's nil-nil after 17 minutes. Um, oh, that was a good tie. That's, so, that's, a, that's, a, that's the club I would have liked us to have drawn. That'd been fun. So, but yeah, other than that, I, I you know obviously languishing down in 21st. But it's not, uh, you know, I wouldn't say it's the, you know, it, I feel like they, they have the capabilities of staying up this season. But it will be a struggle. Okay. I feel like you know they're, I think seven points, five points from safety. So you know it'll be interesting to see whether they can get that, get that jump up. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting. But I, I as as a team, I'm not too sure about their strengths or weaknesses. Okay. So it'll be 
I think you know, Malaga should go into it expecting a tough game. And, well, we're, we're at home again. So who's to say what's going to happen after, you know, we, we talk about home games. We beat the likes of Tenerife and Las Palmas, but then lose to Burgos away. So, you know, it, it's becoming quite unpredictable. But if I was to say, you know, if I was to have a prediction, I would lean towards a Malaga win. OK, I'll give you, um, I did I did a bit of homework diving into the stat bank a little bit. Um uh, there's a couple of little things here I thought was interesting. So as you said, they, they've only won one of their last five games, but that was the 4-1 win against Valladolid, which just sort of came from nowhere. They they blew them away a bit. And uh, yeah, and like you said, in front of quite, you know, I think their average attendance is around the 1,000 mark. So, um, but that, you know, they're in La Rosaleda this time. They scored 20 goals, which is not very much, but there's only three less than us. Um and they've got one of the lowest possession rates, or what do you call it, possession averages in the league, 42%. But this is the one that jumped out at me. And I was trying to think, do we have many players that will shoot regularly? Because they have the lowest save percentage in the league at 52%. And I was thinking, and by quite a bit, I noticed. And I'm, I was thinking to myself, um, they must concede a lot of shots too. So be interesting. You know, shoot shoot on sight, Malaga is what I'm saying. Ev- everyone just keeps shooting. Um, Kev- Kevin should play this one. He likes shooting all the time. Um, Chris, anything you want to add on Amore Bieta, um, apart from you think their badge looks a bit Polish slash Russian? Um, Mikel San Jose Dominguez, a Spanish footballer. Um, yeah, what can we say about him? He... Um, Played for Liverpool. Oh yeah. Between 2007 and 2010, went to Athletic de Bilbao. Played 25 matches for Athletic de Bilbao, or more. Sorry. Um, he went there from 2010 till 2020, and after 10 years at Athletic de Bilbao, he went to Birmingham City, and uh, he's still a player of Birmingham City, but on loan to Amorebieta. Mm, cool. So they saw, you've even given us one to watch out for there. Um, so just going, um, I think, Alex, you, you've sort of touched on this a little bit already. Um, you, you've sort of said Malaga should be winning this game, but it would just be typical, wouldn't it? Um, do, do either of you think this Burgos game, which um, I don't think we use the term this week, and we've used it a lot. We've used the term uh, worst performance of the season. I think, are we saying the Burgos game is our worst performance of the season? Until the next away game, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that seems to be the theme, actually. We just keep adding to it, our our greatest hits. Um, do you think it would have shaken them at all, or do you think once they get back in comfortable La Rosaleda, they'll be comfortable again? It's so unpredictable. Like, you But see, it's not, Alex, that's the problem. <laughs> it is. It, well, it feels unpredictable. It feels like one of those things that any moment it could just go like that. Um, we are unbeaten at home, I believe. Still, only is it two two draws? Yeah. Uh, so I think twenty three out of twenty seven points. So you know, I, I think obviously the statistics lean towards a Malaga win, but you know, when you play that bad like they did against Burgos, sometimes some things do. You know, they doubt does creep in. You know, like are we good enough? You know, why did we play so bad considering we just played two of the best games of our season against Las Palmas? And Tenerife. So, 
you know, I'm sure there'll be questions asked around the training ground this week, but I'm sure the players are, well, I hope the players are experienced enough to know that it's a, a football is a, is, a, is a game that you should take as it comes and, you know, game by game and you shouldn't get too disappointed and you shouldn't dwell on past experiences, you know, whether that is a win or a loss. So hopefully the players will know that and they'll be able to head into the Sunday's game with a, a clean slate and a, a fresh mind. Well, it's a it's a home game, Alex. I don't worry at all. And we're playing against Amore Vieta, who have uh, Miko Alvaro Salazar. Um, he's he's a right winger. He's 39 years. <laughs> uh, played for teams. I, I will go through his. Uh, well, he, yeah, we don't know though, Chris. If, what are we looking at no, here? Because this Wait. is funny. Um, I will go from the teams from 2011. Dina, Dinamo Tbilisi. Good team. Great team. Inter, Inter Baku. Really great. But these are, these are no, just been, not, not being funny though, Chris. These are European teams that have gone into yeah. like Europa League Auck, and stuff. Auck, Auckland City. Okay, they, they don't play in Europe. Dinamo Tbilisi again and then Amor Dynamo Tbilisi, their story in um, the Cup Winners' Cup, I think, is just magical. They're like one of the coolest Eastern European teams ever. So I'm yes. I'm very jealous of um, Senor Salazar. I've, I've missed his first name playing for those. but uh, No, I, I'm not really uh, impressed by uh, Tbilisi. All right, OK. I, 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 I admittedly, as soon as you say that name to me, I think sexy and cool, so... Um, but I've got a, a warped idea of sexy and cool, I think. So um, we'll leave that there. Um, Chris, is there any any players you think have to be dropped? Is there anybody that should be coming in? What what do Malaga go back to to make sure we win at home? Or not come in. If Cairo doesn't come in, mm-hmm. I'm happy. But I mean, in no, the standard I, don't know. I, I think um, I know that tomorrow Brendan will miss the match against uh, Peña Sport. I don't know why. And Chavarria. But for the rest, all the players are going to uh, Peña Sport. And it seems like Juan de won't make it to um, next Sunday either. So Oh, <laughs> that's not good. No. Yes. Yeah, so Pai Benz and Lomban. And, well, Pai Again, Benz yeah. and Victor Gomez, they need to do some communication training this week, I think. Well, I, I know a good player. He's a real great player, a friend of the podcast. I don't know if um, uh, Manolo Gaspar went to um, to uh, Murcia already. <laughs> I know where we're going. To Ukam, to uh, see uh, yep. Christy, Chris. Sir, wow. Charlie. Charlie Jensen. You're Chris. You're trying to get yourself in the team. Yeah, no, <laughs> Charlie Jensen. I, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm too uh, tired for this. Yeah, get 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 Charlie Jansen in. Yes, I think. Yes, I think that campaign that never we never drop that campaign until he is here. Um, yeah, we want we want to see next season uh, Danny Strindholm in goal first team and then go into the Qatar 2022 World Cup with Sweden, um, playing behind Charlie Jansen. Um, Can who I get, say who then somehow about... gets in the Spain squad? World Cup in Qatar. It's it's it, it's right. It's has nothing to do with with Malaga or uh, Spanish right. football. But did you guys hear about the latest uh, news that somebody said in Qatar? 
an important person. Um, David Beck, I don't know. Uh, uh, an important person in Qatar said, it's okay to be gay at the World Cup. Oh yes, I did see this. But don't be gay. Yeah, don't show it. But, I've, you know, but I'm, don't show it. But, <laughs> wow, Chris, you've taken us on to, that was a big jump for Mamo Rebieta. I know. Um, but you see, I heard you saying World Cup and then it, I got upset again yeah. because I, I literally don't understand why countries are still are going to participate in this World Cup. It's it's horrible. Nobody should go. Yes, well, it's... Uh, but again, it, oh, yeah, Chris, they, they said you, you've caught me off guard here. There's, a, there's, there's too much to go into with um, when I'm just about to wrap up this podcast. <laughs> I uh, don't care. Um, I want it to be yeah. heard. Yeah, you have been heard. And, and in many I'm ways, I agree to, with I'm, you. I've decided that I'm not going to watch the World Cup. Yeah, good for you. I think no, I think I think again. I, I won't like obviously the stuff you're talking about there is just horrific. Uh, but then if Wales qualify for this World Cup, I've not seen Wales in the World Cup in my lifetime. I'm obviously I, well. I don't know. Some Wales fans maybe they do they're resilient enough and they won't watch it. But I, I don't think I am, and most people I know will be resilient enough to not watch it. Um, I'm not going to watch it. There you go. That's an exclusive to finish this week's podcast. Chris Marquez is boycotting Qatar 2022 and good on you for doing it, Chris. Um, Chris, let's finish with a nicer story. Um, we forgot yes. to mention in the news. Um, we are playing at La Rosaleda this Saturday and our famous, you know, one of our most famous fans has a new way to get there. Yes, Francis Rumbamor. Um, Francis, uh, famous for his music and Malaga songs dedicated to the club and to the players. He wrote a song about everyone. He has uh, got a new motorized vehicle, a wheelchair, um, uh, thanks to Dr. Cesar Ramirez, Juan de Villena, uh, which, uh, how do you call that? Uh, Diputado uh, of the province and La Canasta. They uh, got him a very nice blue. Of course. Of course, a Malaga <laughs> blue. Uh, yeah, vehicle, uh, wheelchair, motorized uh, wheelchair, so you can go to La Rosaleda. Um, Francis. All the fans at the beginning of the season, they collected money so Francis could get a season ticket. Uh, and he got one, but then there was the problem that he couldn't get to La Rosaleda. So I know that Juan de Villena, who's a great person, um, took him, picked him up a few times to go to La Rosaleda. Uh, but now our friend Francis Rumba Amor can go by himself. And it's uh, very good looking. It has a Malaga sticker on, on the front with the badge. And underneath a sticker, if people don't recognize the badge with uh, Malaga. So that's good news. Excellent stuff, yes. Um, I look forward to seeing him uh, buzzing around La Rosaleda on his new wheels 
very soon. I, I won't actually be there this weekend. I'm going to Galicia on a bit of a holiday, so uh, I will miss the game against Amore Bieta, just in case people are wondering uh, why is there no uh, tweets about Pacharan or Victoria or, um, you know, um, videos of fans and Vamos a la Rosaleda. I'm, I'm actually going to watch Celta Vigo play Sunday night. So, uh, uh, That's even worse. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, yeah, I'm going to watch Celta Vigo v Valencia. But uh, are you go- are you going to drink Estrella Galicia? I imagine I will. Yes, uh, I don't mind that one. It's not one of my favourites, but I do like it. Um, to be honest with you, I'm more excited about the food up there and everything. Everyone keeps telling me about the food, so um, and I'm the doing a bit of a and I'm doing a bit of a scouting mission for Alex because obviously he will be living in Santiago um, in 2022. So I can try and find the good spots for you. I'm pretty sure they're easy to find, but. Uh, we will see. Right. Okay. Alex, thank you very much. Um, glad you enjoyed your NFL. And it, hopefully that was, you know, a positive aspect of your week rather than Malaga v. Burgos. It definitely was. Yes. No, thank you very much. Awesome stuff. And Chris Marquez, thank you very much as always. Thank you. Excellent. And thank you, dear listeners, for listening to the Gary Cast. Oh, I have something to announce. Direct and that's the last thing. Oh, okay. Of course, he couldn't just let me wrap up as usual. Come no. On. Quick. We're going to do a Christmas special again. Yay! There you go. Christmas special. Um, and now I've got to remember what I was saying. Yes, again, thank you. So listen to that too. Thank you, listeners, for listening this time. Um, I've been Matt Harrison on the Geary Cast on Sport Direct Radio. Um, vamos Malaga.